I was home by myself. My husband was already at work and got overwhelmingly dizzy out of nowhere and started sweating profusely. Then I, and I knew something was wrong, but I gave it a couple of minutes hoping that would subside and it didn't. So I called my aunt to tell her, I don't feel right. And she could tell that I didn't sound right either. I was starting to struggle to swallow and I, it felt like my throat was closing. I think because of my age, perhaps, that stroke did not cross their mind. So it took them about 12 hours to diagnose that I had had a stroke. They first thought it was just vertigo. So I think, you know, timing is everything. And I think, unfortunately, it was not caught in time. So, yeah, I was in an ICU for a few days. And, and then I went to an acute rehab for, for 10 days because it affected my balance. It affected my vision and my ability to, to swallow. From a physical therapy standpoint, I was at first just learning how to walk with keeping my balance, keeping my center. Um, so we did a lot of balance exercises and just lots of you know things to work on, turning my head up and down sideways, not to feel dizzy when I'm trying to walk. I've said all along from day one, and even before the stroke, I have the best support system in the world. Even in the hospital, in acute rehab, I mean, I had someone by my side the entire time. I had people spend the night with me, stay with me during the day and go with me to therapy. And even outpatient therapy, I had someone go with me every single time and, and be there just for support. People calling me all the time, bringing us food. It was a huge part of my success and recovery. Hello, I'm Mark Goodyear. Welcome to Stroke Stories, the podcast that seeks out and hears from stroke survivors. In America, young adults represent 10 to 15% of stroke sufferers. The incidence of stroke for people aged 20 to 44 increased from 17 per 100,000 in 1993 to 28 per 100,000 in 2015. In this episode, we'll hear from Jennifer Chapman from Indianapolis, who suffered a stroke at the age of 34. I was very active and took really good care of myself, worked out almost every day. That was a priority for me and, and let alone a stress reliever, but just very physically active. And um, from a professional standpoint, I was in corporate sales for 15 years before everything happened and um, always close, you know, great family, great support, awesome friends, and great support from people that I worked with as well. So life was pretty good. I was transitioning actually from at work, taking on a new role in a new location. And so I think there was some underlying stress there, but nonetheless, I had worked out the night before. So got up the next morning to start my new position and was getting ready to leave my house and felt overwhelmed. I was home by myself. My husband was already at work and got overwhelmingly dizzy out of nowhere and started sweating profusely. And I knew something was wrong, but I gave it a couple of minutes hoping that would subside and it didn't. So I called my aunt to tell her, I don't feel right. And she could tell that I didn't sound right either. I was starting to struggle to swallow and I, it felt like my throat was closing and my voice was changing. So she was like, call 911, we'll meet you at the hospital. So that's what I did and, and got there very quickly um, within 15, 20 minutes. I think because of my age, perhaps that stroke did not cross their mind. So it took them 
about 12 hours to diagnose that I had had a stroke. They first thought it was just vertigo. So I think, you know, timing is everything. And I think, unfortunately, it was not caught in time. So yeah, I was in an ICU for a few days. And, and then I went to an acute rehab for, for 10 days because it affected my balance. It affected my vision and my ability to, to swallow. Went there for 10 days and then went to outpatient rehab for about five months. From a physical therapy standpoint, I was at first just learning how to walk with keeping my balance, keeping my center. Um, so we did a lot of balance exercises and just lots of, you know, things to work on, turning my head up and down sideways, not to feel dizzy when I'm trying to walk. Occupational therapy, that's when they realized that I didn't have the left side of my vision. So I still deal with that to this day, but just lots of exercises to adjust and adapt to the left side that I didn't have. And then speech therapy, it was mostly, my voice was very quiet. I have a paralyzed vocal cord as well. So it kind of affected how loud I was talking and, and the strength of my voice. So I had to work to get that back as well, as, as well as eating and drinking and not choking, which I did quite often at first, even to be able to swallow my medicines and not choke when I was doing that. So that was really what consisted of, of those five months. I was glad to be home. I was more comfortable there, but also, yeah, I had special things to use while, you know, taking a shower. I had to, you know, sit. I felt just very tired and fatigued, but really just trying to make progress every single day and stay motivated to want to do so. I've said all along from day one, and even before the stroke, I have the best support system in the world. Even in the hospital and acute rehab, I mean, I had someone by my side the entire time. I had people spend the night with me, stay with me during the day and go with me to therapy. And even outpatient therapy, I had someone go with me every single time and, and be there just for support. People calling me all the time, bringing us food. It was a huge part of my success and recovery. After her stroke, Jennifer decided to change career. So I left my corporate sales job last year just to get out of the stress and expectation that that, that can have on you. So I, I now work for a home health company, which has been a nice transition. And basically, I honestly still feel different. My right side feels different than my left. It's just sensitive and, and I have a tingly sensation on my right side sometimes, but I've learned to adapt to that. I still don't have my left vision, so that's my biggest deficit that I handle every day. But physically, if someone saw me, they would never know I've, I've had a stroke. So I'm blessed in that regard. But the deficits I have that no one can see, so I think that has its own challenge. And, and more importantly, over the last couple of years, I struggled more so mentally and emotionally and hired a life coach to help me overcome those struggles that I was having. Really just accepting and embracing my new normal is what I've been working on every day since. After about the year mark is when I started noticing I could not control my emotions. I was crying almost every day and couldn't figure out why. Whether it was just a simple conversation I had with a friend or you know, as I'm still trying to work full time in sales and be successful at that, it was a real struggle. I, I, it was so much anxiety that I was filled with and fear of, am I going to have another stroke? And 
The other difference for me compared to, I think, some stroke survivors is to find out why I had my stroke. It took them 18 months to figure out why I had my stroke. So I didn't know how much anxiety I was really suffering um, until kind of being able to reflect on it now. But they found a small tear in my artery in the back of my neck um, after a year and a half. So it didn't need surgically repaired. We keep an eye on it and I have MRIs and, and things to make sure everything looks good. But yeah, I mentally and emotionally, for me to not have that answer, I think is what was weighing on me. And since I've worked with my life coach, it's, I've just been able to implement some things in my routine on a daily basis to keep my emotions in check and, and uh, my mental status in a good place. My mindset is extremely important and, um, you know, just a different perspective on life. I'm pretty open with my story and I did notice friends and family were the ones that were struggling at the beginning, wrapping their head around how, you know, a 34 year old fit person, how this happened, but my brain didn't process it that way. So, and I, and I'm thankful for that. I've been in a couple stroke survivor groups on Facebook. I'm not one to really necessarily share anything on there, but I definitely comment on other people's statuses or things that they're going through that I can relate to. But that can be a dark place, to be honest with you, if you let it, because people will divulge, you know, the good, bad, and the ugly of recovery. Um, and there's some really sad situations out there where people don't have the support that they need. Uh, and it's really, that, that's hard to hear sometimes because my story didn't go that way. I was, I'm so think you know, support for me was critical. So, but yeah, me sharing my story on there with others. It provides courage and inspiration to others to let them know, like, here's what I've overcome. And if I can help you in any way, I want to be able to do that because you can if you want to. I never did go to a stroke support group. I don't know why that just didn't feel like a comfort place for me. Maybe when I needed it, I did better with the one-on-one -on -one life coach versus in a group setting. And I am curious about how other people feel you know, where do they feel more comfortable in a, in a group setting, working with someone one-on-one? -on -one. I would be interested in that. Because, you know, I am now pursuing a, becoming a life coach myself and wanting to help other, doesn't have to be specific to stroke survivors. It can be cancer survivors or any type of major trauma, because I think there's a mental and emotional process that takes place with all of that. Before her stroke, Jennifer was an active and healthy person, and she continues to work on her mental and physical well-being. Coming up in Stroke Stories, Jennifer on how to be a better person. I think I'm a new and improved version of me than I was before. Gosh, just more grateful, being confident and believing in myself and, and really acknowledging what I have overcome just proud of, of who I am and the work that I've already put in to be where I am and where I want to go. And what a stroke survivor's loved ones need to do. Don't give up on your person. They need you more than you realize. That support is critical in their recovery. They need you. Let's hear about the technique that Jennifer uses to support her mental health. Gratitude journaling has been huge for me because it really is has allowed me to put some things in perspective. I appreciate the small things that occur each day versus the big stuff and the things that are out of your control. I've learned how to not let that take over my mindset, my day. And also 
meditation. I've implemented meditation daily for about 10 or 15 minutes, whether it's in the morning or at night, just to calm my mind and get it in the right place and be present and be aware. So that's been a game changer for me. You know, when I first started doing it, I would write very vague things because I didn't, you know, I, I was learning as I went and I had never done it before. So I would write, you know, husband, house, you know, dog, very basic family. But once I, I dug deeper and really reflected on each day, it was easy for me to point out three to five things that I am extremely appreciative for right now, where I think before you would take for granted. These last few months, I've been doing some personal development and training to become a life coach. I, I'm going to be getting certified next year, as well as I am a part of a collaboration of other women that are sharing our stories in a book that'll be published next year as well. And my goal one day will be to publish my own book when I get to that point, as well as speaking engagements and you know speaking to communities and organizations that I can share my story and provide, you know, hope and, and inspiration and motivation for others that maybe didn't even realize they needed it until they maybe hear, you know, hear my story and, and think that what, what a life coach could do for them. Because a lot of women and a lot of people that I've talked to over these last few months, whether they're coaches or entrepreneurs, business people, they all have coaches. And I think that that's what can take people to the next level. I think I'm a new and improved version of me than I was before. Gosh, just more grateful, being confident and believing in myself and, and really acknowledging what I have overcome. Just proud of, of who I am and the work that I've already put in to be where I am and where I want to go and having just different goals and, and visions and plans for myself and my husband. He's super supportive of, of me. It's no longer all about the hustle and grind of the day and, and um, to just be able to slow, slow down a little bit. And um, yeah, I just feel so appreciative and, and blessed. And Jennifer thinks you should try and turn your stroke experience into something positive. To stroke survivors out there, do not give up. I believe what you have to realize is this happened for you and not to you. It needs to be your goal to find the purpose behind it, whether that's to give back, pay it forward, really prove to yourself that you can handle this, you can do this. And to loved ones, don't give up on your person. They need you more than you realize. That support is critical in their recovery. They need you. Jennifer has such an incredibly positive outlook and is working now towards becoming a life coach to help other survivors of trauma. Coming up in the next episode of Stroke Stories. I spoke with him about 40 minutes before he had the stroke. He was completely fine. I was just checking in with him. Like he said, I was on my way to a dinner, an early dinner appointment, and he was completely fine, and then he wasn't. And it was amazing how quickly that happened. And so my uncle called me and he said, we're loading Darren up into an ambulance, and they're bringing him, and they named the hospital. And in my brain, I was so naive, because I was like, really, can it be that bad? I mean, are we gonna pay for an ambulance? Because that seems like it's a little extreme. Please do subscribe to Stroke Stories and rate and comment on the episode you hear and like to help us spread the word. And if you are or you know of a stroke survivor and there's a story you can share with us, please do contact via Twitter or Instagram. Our DMs are open. The Stroke Stories podcast was produced by Aidan Judd. 
I'm Mark Goodyear. Thank you for listening. <laughs>